Hey, Nathan, are you ready to get that macaroni and cheese now? Are you ready for macaroni and cheese? Yes. Are you ready to put the cheese in? I guess we're ready for macaroni and cheese. And um, Nathan's going to put the cheese in. You're listening to Oscar Osbo, where your friends are. What? Where's the bathroom? Over to the left. Your brain's like a bowling ball, and the three holes are full of dog dung. Professor, is Godzilla dead? No. It can't die so easily. Talking Tunes, Oscar Osbo here with Peter Manning and the uh, executive director of, what, no, SPLKA. You can tell me what that is because I'll mess it up. Okay. Uh, it is the Sable Point Lighthouse Keepers Association. Right. It's very simple, Sable Point Lighthouse Keepers Association, but, you know, I never, I never can remember. And thank you, Peter, for, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Peter, I've, I've known you now for about, what, about a year now, right? Yeah, yeah, just a little over a year. That's great. Yeah, so we uh, we did a little project together to uh, to put together some videos for the lighthouses, which was the, uh, of course, the the one on in White White River, the White River uh, Light Station, and mm-hmm. also Sable Big Sable Point. So, uh, and then we did a couple other things, but we had we had a lot of I had a lot of fun. Did you have a lot of fun? Oh, uh, we we had a lot of fun doing it too. And boy, I tell you, uh, this past uh, season. You know, we showed both those videos, both at Big Savo and at White River, and we got several wonderful comments about the videos. So. Good, good. Yep. That's good. Our That's always good to hear. Very impressed. Yep. Always good to hear. So now you are the now explain your duties, so to speak, because you you take care of uh, Big Sable, Little Sable, uh, White River Light Station, and the Ludington North Breakwater. Right? Is that what right. your group? Okay. Now, what yep. Yep. What do you exactly do as the executive? Well, I'm the executive director, and uh, I have a small staff of uh, five other people that work with me. Uh, our mission is to preserve, promote, and educate the public okay. and, to make a, and to make our lighthouses accessible to all. So in that, that means that we have over 400 volunteers that come in and help us keep our lighthouses open uh, from 10 to 5 daily uh, at all four of our lighthouses. So. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of fun because volunteers come in from all over the country. And, uh, I think we had like 40, 40 different States represented this year. Uh, we were down, I think we had 43 the, the year before or something, but, uh, represented of, uh, people that come in to stay either a week or two weeks with us. And at Big Sable, you get to stay right out at the lighthouse at, uh, at our other lighthouses, you get to stay in a residence, uh, that we have for you to, uh, uh, stay at because there's no room at the at the towers uh, to stay now of course at the, 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 the you don't need anybody to stay over at the river light station because uh matt is over there our, our uh, the official keeper over there he's yep, one of the yep, yeah that's right yeah so we just actually we just have day keeper opportunities over at the white river light station so no no uh, overnight accommodations there because as you said our curator matt barnum uh does a wonderful job for us and uh he gets to live right there at the lighthouse, so kind of every person's dream to live at the lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, and uh, of course, I I knew uh, uh, the past keeper over there, uh, not a, not well, not Will Robinson, of course, but you know, uh, William, uh, but Karen McDonald. Karen McDonald right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> but she was uh, there for a long time. Oh so. yeah. But let's just talk about let's talk about that real quick, just just because sure. uh, that was kind of a fun story to do. We did a, the lighthouse keepers thing where. Um, you had we had the actual uh, log of the lighthouse keeper, which was uh, uh, what was Will William Robinson, right? 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We had we had the lighthouse keepers log from uh, from the beginning, which was uh, Captain uh, William Robinson, and, and, and he, uh, also his son, or well, his grandson, Captain Bush, which is the lighthouse keeper who followed him. And what we did was uh, we uh, went through those log books and we found really uh, interesting entries in the log books, like uh, when electricity was first. Uh, brought to the lighthouse or the the piers caught on fire another time and uh, we had an actor or well an actor one of our volunteers who dresses up as the lighthouse keeper he did a great job yeah for us yeah came in and he kind of acted it out and then oscar had uh had somebody read the line and uh yeah it was it, don it, anderson yeah 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 okay and uh and it and it worked out wonderfully so and we got a lot of great comments on it a lot of fun too it was a lot of fun yeah. putting that together it was that was the hardest one to put together but it was it was worth it it was a lot of fun it was it was very much so and uh the store downtown uh you know helped us out by uh, kind of creating a office for the lighthouse keeper as well with a desk and everything yeah plus in the in the meantime we also got uh we got a chance to get um brett ashcroft's video that he did when you uh when the ship was uh being seen on the beach there too so that was kind of neat yep very much so and and once once again you can see parts of it again uh have been uncovered uh with this uh with the shoreline erosion erosion yeah yeah i would imagine so okay um the the one thing over there of course you know there there's supposedly the ghost of william robinson that's still still hanging out there matt i I talked to matt and matt said he's never heard any any but uh (laughs) there's reports there's reports you know yeah that's right karen karen uh, mcdonald had some some very interesting stories so yeah uh about uh you know going dusting you know being upstairs dusting in the museum and coming back and uh after taking a phone call and having the dusting all done for and uh, the rags folded up and uh, all put away. Okay. So. Uh, let's just say it's not, it wasn't memory loss, but anyway. <laughs> no, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but William Robinson was a very unique character because he's the one that helped not only clear uh, there for, for the ships to get through, but he also helped build the lighthouse, and he, yep. he would not leave. Even though they wanted him to leave, he would not leave. He stayed there till he died. So yeah, that, that, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, you know, he was he was the lighthouse keeper, and then uh, the following keeper that followed him was his grandson. But uh, he ended up staying at the lighthouse, even over the objections of the lighthouse board at the time, and said that only one family could live at the lighthouse. But uh, Captain Robinson stayed there, and. Uh, he had he had vowed uh, never to leave, and when the lighthouse board finally enacted, when he was eighty six, you know, sent him a letter and said, you know, thirty days to vacate the property. Um, you know, the day before the sheriff was to come and get him uh, is when he passed away. Isn't that crazy? That's just crazy. It it's a great story, so. though. Great story. It is. It is very yeah. much so. And he had a real love for the for the area, and you know, and for the ships and and uh, that type of thing. So. Now you you have a, a similar ghost over at Big Sabo, which is uh, is Henry, right? Wasn't it Henry? Henry, yeah, Henry is a is our ghost. Uh, Henry was a keeper from, I think nineteen about nineteen fifty six to nineteen sixty two, and uh, so yeah, we've had a lot of reports of uh, people seeing, like maybe the top, uh, you know, uh, a person walking uh, with their back to them or a lot of doors being unlocked, uh, baking a bread, you know, smelling baking bread, uh, when nothing's really in the oven and 
especially cigar smoke, uh, that uh, they'll walk in and we don't have any, there's no smoking in the in the lighthouse, but people will swear that somebody's smoking a cigar. Right. Well, yeah. And, and that could be explained by people coming in there with cigar smoke on their, on their sure, person sure. or whatever. But, yep. but, and you know, and the other thing about the keepers are too, that some of the stories of the keepers, because we looked at the, the log book of uh, some of the ghost reportings too. And right, some, yeah. Some of the keepers said it was cigar smoke. Some of it said it was pipe smoke. Yes, but yep, that, de- definitely a different, yeah, yeah definitely right, a different yep, smell. So. Yeah, and and his actually his uh, stepson visited last summer, and I was telling him about some of the stories, and he said, "Well, yeah," he said, "My dad was a real practical joker." So, <laughs> yeah. And re- so, <laughs> well, the the. the he, he said, "I wouldn't put any of those stories." Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's my dad. So. Well, the the yeah, there's there's some good ones too about the the rosary appearing and uh, the yes. one that they talk about where they can feel somebody kicking them in bed and you know when they're sleeping there by themselves and you know right, stuff yeah. like that. That's fun stuff. It's just fun stuff. Yep. But it anyway, is fun stuff. It so is fun stuff. So we don't take it real seriously, but it's it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun to talk about. Right. So, uh, White River Light Station, um, the uh, Sabo Point, Big Sabo and Little Sabo, and they'll be open again in, for tours in May, right? Right, yes, yeah. Uh, White River and Little Sabo and the Breakwater all open the Friday, uh, right before Memorial Day, and uh, Big Sabo opens a little bit earlier, that opens May 6th. Okay. We have more of the interview with Peter Manning coming up, but right now it's time to dance with me. Here's Orleans, the live version on the one and only Muskegon's 100.9. Dance with me I want to be a partner Can't you see The music is just started Night is calling And I am calling Dance with me Fantasy Could never be so
You're listening to Oscar Osbo. We're back on Talking Tunes, and we're talking with Peter Manning, the executive director over the Lighthouses. Now, let's talk a little bit about the little serious thing as far as the erosion, though. You've had some trouble over there at Big Sable, and of course, uh, um, over at, uh, even at White, R- White River, you've had a, a little bit of, uh, well, you, the boat is coming back. I guess you can see that again, so it's not really right. erosion problem as much there, but I guess Big Sable's having some troubles. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are having a lot of erosion problems at Big Sable and also at uh, Little Sable Point, too. So. Okay. The, the water at Little Sobble is about 12 feet away from uh, the tower. Wow. Um, and uh, the, the base of the tower has, like us, it's like a retaining wall, uh, but you really can't see it because most of it's underground or something. And, uh, but it's got rocks piled on it, so it's about 12 feet away from there. Uh, the locals have told me that um, back in 1986-87, the water was right up to the rocks, so... Hmm. So they, they don't seem to be too concerned. Um, I did have somebody took a picture of Little Sable and put it on Facebook, yeah. and it showed that it was tilting. And I get a lot. Of, I get phone calls from like Las Vegas, and it must have really hit Florida because we had like twenty phone calls from people in Florida wanting to know how come we were letting it fall into the water. So, but uh, the state park and ourselves are monitoring it and making sure that. Uh, that that little sobble is safe. Uh, some of the dunes around, and of course, the beach uh, has eroded has eroded greatly around there. So right. the beach is probably you know I started seven years ago, and the beach is probably only a third of what it was seven years ago. Now, where is little sobble exactly? Uh, it's in Silver Lake. Okay, and uh, it's on the Lake Michigan shoreline. Okay, um, and it's in the uh, Silver Lake State Park there. So okay, and uh, as far as the um the erosion there. Is it really tilting or is that just a bad it, photography? It was, it was, it was, it was just uh, the angle of the photograph. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so was the guy drinking the people, before, before he took the picture or was the guy drinking yeah. before he took the picture? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but so, it's, it's great that people are concerned about it though, that they uh, are very much so. Yeah. And, and, and then a big sobble, just because all the groundwater in the, actually the groundwater in the state park and that, uh, we're getting a lot of water that's splashing over our seawall, but then all the water that's uh, been ponding up uh, from the rain and everything else, um, the ground, you know, the groundwater is like two or three inches just below the uh, our foundation hmm. at, at Big Sobble. And so we've had to put a sump pump in because, on windy days and that, when we get a lot of water splashing over the seawall, and uh, the next day it evaporates into the ground, and then it starts seeping into our uh, basement. Right. So, so we've had some water problems there. The state park uh, sent some engineers out uh, from the other side of the state. They're moving a couple of different buildings for them over um, on Lake Huron, and they sent two engineers out because they were sure they were going to have to move Big Sable, but... After the engineers took a look, they said, nope, with our new sump pump that uh, we had installed, and and uh, it looks like we'll have some plans for hopefully putting some rock out in front of the seawall to break up the waves before they hit the seawall. Okay. So, All right. Good, and the, good. And the, and the state will be working with us for that. But uh, we did, uh, there was a dune on the north side of of the seawall that was right up to the seawall, and now you could uh, drive a truck between the seawall and the dune it's it's collapsed so much so, oh man yeah and, yeah uh, 
Yeah, I, I we're, saw. We're, we're finding things that uh, that that the dune uh, had uh, shifted a few years ago, and uh, like some walkways that we forgot to roll up uh, winter season. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. And an old picnic table. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those walkways are very cool too. I mean, um, yeah, they are. But before I get into that, as far as, yeah, I saw you on, on I think it was TV 13 or somewhere. Somebody interviewed you, I know, about yes. that, because there's a lot of, there was a lot of concern about the Big Sabo Lighthouse. Right, so. yes, yeah, yeah, Fox 17 did, yeah. Oh, 17, that was yeah. it. I knew it was one of those stations. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, I'm surprised it wasn't Brad Ashcroft, you know, he didn't come out there and I do know, that. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, um, as, as far as the uh, the sidewalks now those roll up those are very cool can you tell people a little bit about those because yeah, they can yeah, actually donate have, money we, yes yeah yeah one of our fundraisers is customized walkway boards uh that we put out at big sable we put them on a little sable and we also have them in the uh wheelchair ramp at uh, white river and for a hundred dollar donation uh you can have a customized walkway board with two lines of uh characters 25 characters per line and uh, so we get a lot of people uh, that uh, love to come out and see the lighthouse, and uh, and it's a memory for for people. And then they they uh, sponsor a walkway board, and then the next year they come out and take a look and uh, bring the and, grandkids uh, out or whatever. Yeah, bring the grandkids out and everything. We had one uh, grandparents uh, that they sponsored a walkway board. They had brought their grandchildren out, and of course you walk two miles out to Big Sable, and the grandkids after walking two miles out, two miles back said grandpa this is the death march <laughs> so, so gra- grandma and grandpa put death march on the on the board <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is though i mean that i tell yeah. you what as far as the other ones they're they're not the the tower walking to the tower is not that bad <gasps> but this one not only is it the highest tower you have yeah. to walk two miles to get to it and then you right. walk up what is it? How many uh, was it? Three hundred steps or something? No, no, one hundred and thirty. One hundred and thirty. Okay, it seemed yeah, like three hundred to me. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> all I know is when I walked up that all the way to the tower and I walked yeah. down, I was fine. I seemed like I was fine. The next day, I could not move. So right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it catches me at the beginning of the season too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. So that if you want to get some exercise, that's the one to go to. That's for sure. That, that is. That yeah. is. So. Well, hopefully uh, everything works out well, uh, well with the uh, the Big Sable uh, yes. lighthouse because uh, Big Sable Point, um, right. man, that's it's a beautiful lighthouse. I mean, it's it's one of yeah. the you can go inside. It's got it's all kinds of room in there. It's got a wonderful gift shop there, and it's got mm-hmm. of course a great video that somebody helped yeah. put together. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, even the, like I say, even now is that I I don't know I haven't seen it yet. But is the which video is in the uh, the the room at the uh, White River Light Station? I know you have the one upstairs, which is just about the White House, the White House, uh, the Lighthouse. The, the, the one uh, the one at uh, in, in the Keepers Workshop, which is a uh, which is one of our new exhibits uh, at the White River Light Station, uh, is where we play the video uh, of the whole history of the White River Light. Station. Okay, so, all right. So that's yeah, that. It's a really nice ten-minute video that uh, that uh, really uh, Oscar did a great Oscar. You did a great job about putting that together. Uh, oh yeah, you you helped me a bit there, Peter. You helped yeah, me just well, a little that's bit. Right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, but the so the one upstairs, then I guess at the White River Light Station is the one about the keeper. Okay. Right, yep. All right. Yep. That's correct. Yep. So yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. But anyway, that was yeah. that. That's a good one to watch too. So it is. Yep. 
Yep, very much so. Yep. And uh, anyway, so I, I appreciate you talking to me today, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, for May to come so I can go visit the light stations again. I, I still haven't been inside the one at the uh, um, Ludington, uh, the breakwater. Oh, okay. Um, right. Every time I was up there in Ludington, it seemed like the water was going over. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's for sure. We were closed about 50% of the day yeah. last summer. Yeah, because I would the water think so. Being so yeah, I never. We're probably, lo- we're probably looking at that again this year too. So because I would, I actually walked out there. Um, I don't remember what it was. It was it was before it opened anyway? So oh, okay, all right. And I actually got to walk out there, and then I went to when I went to go back to get inside. It was closed, mm-hmm. and it was like I don't know two or three times I went there, and it was closed. All <laughs> so I went there because because of the water, because of the you know the water That's going right. over. Well, you can't walk to, out I'll there. I'll have to call you on a sunny day when it's calm, and we'll go out together. All right, That's sounds great. good. It's a great. That's a great walk. Also, it's the it is. It is. It's a nice walk out. Oh yeah, yeah. So. All right, Peter, thank you so much for uh, for talking to me. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Oscar. I certainly appreciate it. So. And looking, like I say, looking forward to uh, visiting all the light stations around West Michigan. It's a, it's a, it's, it's fun. I mean, it it, is. it's fun. It's great exercise and it's a whole family event, you know, very family friendly, not very expensive to take the, the, the tours. So that's, that's right. also yep. very, and of course the money goes back to preserving the, uh, the uh, light stations. So. Yep, that's yeah. right. So thank you, sir. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you very much. Hey, have a great day. Thanks for thinking of us. Oh, yeah. Thanks. You you bet. Bye. Bye. Time to take a quick break on Talking Tunes, and we'll talk to you again here real soon. Muskegon's 100.9. Talking Tunes, Oscar Osbo here with the, the one, the only, the amazing, the truly amazing Beth Beeman. <laughs> the one, the only, the great. Anyway. Oh, my God, you're going to have to widen the doors so I can get out of here. My head's getting so big. So, anyway, you're here again with me. You came back, so that's a good thing. You know? Yeah, it's always yeah. a great time chatting with you, Oscar. Okay. So, what? hey, you know, something's happening big tonight, right? Absolutely. The The Playhouse is a, is a, a, a beehive of activity um, throughout the winter, which is really, really cool. So, tonight at the Playhouse, uh, we have a comedy night with David Dyer. He's an amazing communi- uh, comedian, um, and he is a guy that uh, you'll, you'll relate to because he has this amazing twist on looking at life, and you'll say, hey, that, that sounds a lot like me in my life. Uh, joining him is another comedian, Matt Loria, and uh, it's being hosted by uh, Fireman uh, Pete McCarthy. So this event uh, benefits the uh, White Lake Fire Authority, and it is uh, sponsored by the Citizens Supporting White Lake Fire. So that's tonight at the Playhouse at 7.30. Um, tickets really, are... Really, really big show. Really, really big show. Yeah. So a, a night, a good, great night to get out and, and laugh and kind of shake off the winter blues. Um, you know, we've had quite a bit of snow in the last few days. Um, um, so it's going to be a great time. And, uh, you know, we've got the show is at 730. Tickets are uh, $10 plus a $2 ticketing convenience fee. Um, doors open at 7 o'clock. So it should be a nice night of uh, comedy and, uh, and you know, laughter at the Playhouse. And, of course, seeing the brand new beautiful Playhouse. Of White oh, Lake. yeah. It's yeah. such a great place. Yeah. It's a great Beth, place to work. Beth keeps it spotless. Oh, yeah, I do. Actually got a little help with that. Actually a lot of help with that right I now. I went over there one time and she was down there with a toothbrush on the floor. <laughs> Well, you know, nothing's too good for you. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so what, what do you got coming up in February? So February is another full month. Um, this is a part of a series that we're doing at the Playhouse, and we talked about it the last time we were together a little bit, is um, we're doing sing-along movie nights. These right. are presented by the Friends of the Playhouse, which is a nonprofit uh, support group that uh, that formed um, several years ago um, as a 501c3, and they provide, uh, you know, they do fundraising for the Playhouse as well as provide volunteer hours. Um, so that's really cool. But they're doing these um, movie night sing-alongs. And this, uh, and it's uh, Saturday, February 1st at 7.30 is, the, is uh, the Greatest Showman. So when you go to the film and you go to the movies and you can hardly stop yourself from singing along, you don't have to. Um, you are not only allowed, but you're encouraged to sing along with the film. So the, the words will all be up there. Um, and these are a special kind of film um, that are coming from the studios with the sing-along captions, um, more than a little bit more than just closed, you know, than the, than the closed caption you're used to seeing, you know, when you're trying to keep the, the volume down in your house. So yeah, these are, these are fundraisers for the Playhouse um, to benefit the Playhouse. And they are, uh, the monies that we're raising, um, that the friends are raising will help to um, provide uh, funding to, so I can hire a, actually a half-time staff person. Because okay. um, right Right now I'm still the only full-time staff person at the Playhouse, and I've been there for six years, So, and it's awesome. Um, but having some help, uh, you know, some part-time nice. paid help will be give really him, nice. Give a toothbrush. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, that's exactly the goal <laughs> there. Yeah, so that's going to be very exciting. So we have that coming up. Well, uh, can, I bring, in, can I bring my own karaoke machine? No. Oh, darn. No. Darn. Anybody else can, but you can't. Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that going on. Um, and then uh, this is a really cool thing that we're doing also in February is yoga on stage. Um, and this is a uh, yoga with Cindy Beth Davis Dykema. She's an incredible yoga instructor. She does uh, yoga on the beach up in Pentwater every day during the summer. She has classes in Pentwater, classes in Heart um, that she's doing, but she's coming to do uh, classes at the Playhouse, and that will be Saturday, February 8th uh, from 10 to 11.30, so it is a 90-minute class, okay. um, and it's going to be right on the stage at right. the Playhouse with twinkly, twinkly lights. Um, this is also a fundraiser, a partial fundraiser for the White, um, White Lake Youth Theater. Cindy Beth has been, um, who was a managing director at the Playhouse, has been uh, very involved with the White Lake Youth Theater and wanted to do this to help support that group as well. Okay. So that is coming up. And the end of February, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, again when we when we meet again, yeah, but just yeah. getting on people's radar, um, February 29th, which is Leap Day, um, is 7.30 at night. Uh, we have the Creelers. Um, with a special guest, Scott Sheldon. So the Creelers are a high-energy Celtic rock group out of Detroit. Um, they are an incredible band. If you haven't heard of them, it's K-R-E-E-L-L-E-R-S. Check them out online. You can. There's a ton of YouTube videos. Um, find them on Facebook and like them. Tickets for that show are uh, 15 in advance and 20 days, uh, $20 the day of the show. So, you know, we're, you know, kind of connecting with our Irish roots here. And we right. love Irish music around here, um, you know, with the Irish Music Festival um, yeah. being so popular. Um, we and know that our patrons love it. Bill Marshall does his Irish, Irish thing every every oh. week on Thursday. Today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for those of you listening out there that like Irish music, get your tickets early because I think this yeah. is going to sell really, really well. So, yeah, so that's our February. And what better day to do it than the 29th of February? I know. <laughs> so when you're, you know, looking for something to do on Leap Day, um, you know, yeah. this concert at the Playhouse with the Creelers. And Gee, what um, do I do with that extra day in February? Exactly. Beth found out what you can do with that day. 
So my one extra day I get every four years, I'm I'm doing a concert. <laughs> That's so right. That's something right. crazy. So yeah, the February is great. Um, the Playhouse is warm and comfortable, um, and it's just a lovely facility. So the I roof hope doesn't it doesn't leak anymore. It doesn't leak. No. Awesome. We have adequate facilities. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a great oh, place. Oh yeah, people can pee nicely now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even. No, but it, it is funny though, because I remember that was one thing when you were giving the tour of the playhouse mm-hmm. when we were walking around, and you said you must check out our bathrooms because yeah. before it used to be this one stall little thing that yeah. you know you had to wait in a line to get into. Mm-hmm. Now they have these beautiful bathrooms. Yes, just, just saying. You know. uh, and it's amazing, especially for the women. The men are a little less enthusiastic about it, but the women would go in and go ah, and they would want to <laughs> sing in there because it is a beautiful bathroom. It and is, you know, yeah. there, and there's plenty of room. And so you know, I think we've got seven units for the women, and um, we have a really great accessible toilet that's right near the theater. Um, so you know, it's. The Playhouse, we got everything we wanted out of this project, yeah. and I think it's really uh, warm and inviting for our patrons, and it's great to work there. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. Toothbrush and all. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. once in a while. Well, I'll, I'll get you a new one, too. <laughs> <laughs> Very like 50 cents. I'll get you a new one. Okay. I'd all appreciate right. that. So, Beth, the amazing Beth Beeman, thank you very much for coming over again. Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. You guys have a great rest of your Saturday. All right. Thanks. Because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. We're out to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. There's no wrong way to eat a peanut butter cup. Marv Albert, how do you eat yours? Come here, baby. I'll show you how to bite one of these. Hey, no, no, stay away. Hey, stay away. Now back to Talk and Tunes. Talk and Tunes, we're back. And Mr. Bob, you have something special for us today. That's right. Uh, this week on Talk and Tunes, we're going to have a little trivia, celebrity trivia. So now we've got Emily Roberts has joined us, Greg Roberts. Britta Cleveland and Oscar Osbo, of course, sitting behind the turntables and the new... He's behind the wands and twos. You know, we're just, we're just pretending there's still turntables in, in our world today. Yeah, we barely have speakers. So the way this is going to work, the four of you are competing against each other. I'm going to have six facts about this celebrity. And after each fact I name, if you guys want to pull a guess out there, you can just say stop, and then you... Put your guess in. If you're okay. wrong, you just you're done for that for that particular for that, round for that, that for that fact. You have to wait for the next fact to come out. So at this point in time, we have no money. We have no prizes. <laughs> uh, but, there, but there may be punishments. Wait a minute. Some things never. We, we can't afford punishments here. Some things never change. <laughs> so the first fact is: I was born August 9th, 1963, in Newark, New Jersey. Uh. Gotta Bruce say, Springsteen. You gotta say stop first. Oh, stop. Oscar. Bruce Springsteen. Eh. Alright, I'm out. No other guesses. So you're still in it though. Oh. I began singing in church as a child. Stop. John Bon Jovi. Wrong. Ugh. Nice try, Britta. Third fact. I became the first woman of color to appear on the cover of Seventeen magazine. Whitney Houston. We have a winner. 
Now wait a minute. She didn't say stop. She did. Oh, she, she was did? off she the was mic. Like she was quiet at the time. Okay. She did like Mary. Emily Roberts. Stop. Stop. So that was our third clue. Stop! Please stop. The, the three that were after that were she signed with Arista Records. Okay. And at age 19, uh, her first two albums both reached number one on the Billboard charts. And she is the only artist to have seven consecutive number one singles on the U.S. Billboard yeah. Top 100 yeah. chart. Yeah. But couldn't I, I dance that worth too. a lick? Yeah. So Emily Roberts is our first winner of our celebrity yeah. trivia. Congratulations. Yeah, she now, what you dance said, with you somebody. said she was born in 61. I mean, I don't I'm know 63. why. I, you know, 63. In Newark, New Jersey. Why All right. Bruce Springsteen. Round two. Okay. Round two. All right. I was born May 9th, 1949, in the Bronx, New York. What year? May 9th, 1949. Um, Neil Diamond? Incorrect. (laughs) I dropped out of high school to pursue a music career. One more time. I dropped out of high school to pursue a music career. Stop. John Cougar Mellon. It's a great guess, but you're wrong. That's way long. Yeah. My first yeah. two bands were The Hassles and Attila. Wow. I'm pretty good with music, but I'm this is stumping me, man. You're good. And we're, we're playing along at home, too, I'm sure. So yeah. they're probably yelling at the radio right now. Probably. Those guys are dumb. <laughs> Clue number four for this individual. I released 13 studio albums with over 150 million records sold worldwide. Wow. Hmm. 49, 1949. He's from New York. The Bronx. Bronx. Stop. Frank Sinatra. Incorrect. No. (laughs) Clue number five. That wouldn't work. My breakthrough album released in 1977 was called The Stranger. Stewart? From the back row, incorrect. He's from England. Oh, oh, he's in England. I missed that. <laughs> no. I said Frank Sinatra in 49. He was born like, what, 23 or something? We've only got one clue left, and there's probably people out there dying right now that know, you guys right? don't know this. Right. My first marriage was to Elizabeth Weber Small. But my second marriage was to a supermodel, which lasted nine years and produced daughter Alexa Ray. Billy Joe. Correct. 49. 49. Yeah, I don't know what the heck I was thinking with Frank, but yeah. So, we will keep a cumulative scoreboard. So, Emily Roberts has one. Oscar Osbo has one. We'll do this again next week on Talking Tunes. Oh, okay. We're, we're done already? We're done with that. Come on, man. <laughs> really? You got us all You got to leave them wanting more. That's right. You got to keep tuning into Talking Tunes to get more stuff like this. If you don't write in more, more you get top 10 lists from me. That's right. We're taking a break on Talking Tunes. 100.9 <laughs> FM, WFFR, and online at muskeganradio.com. Here's Whitney Houston, and I want to dance with somebody. Muskegon's 100.9.
Here's Billy Joel. Only the good die young. I'm a skeek is 100.9. Talking tunes. Come out, Virginia, don't let me wait. You Catholic girls start much too late. All the sooner or later, it comes down to fate. I might as well be the one. Well, they showed you a statue, told you to pray. They built you a temple and locked you away. Ah, but they never told you the price that you pay. The things that you might have done. Only the good die young. And only the good die young whoa, 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 whoa. I tell you, only the good die young Only the good die young You got a nice white dress and a party on your confirmation You got a brand new soul mm, And a cross of gold But Virginia, they didn't give you quite Much more fun You know that only the good die young Nationwide survey of personnel directors was recently taken, and they were asked if they would hire a girl who showed up for an interview in a see-through blouse. What did most of them say? Bring her in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Saturday and Sunday only. Save like you've never saved before. We've slashed our prices, lowered our overhead, and everything must go. It's a sale to beat all sales. Never before and never again can you buy so much for so little and everything is guaranteed. We guarantee it. Order now and we'll install anything you buy at no extra charge. It's a super bonanza once in a lifetime savings you won't want to miss. And it's going on right now at a theater near you. Buy two and get the third one for half price. If you can find a lower price anywhere, we'll refund you the difference and return your merchandise at no extra charge. But wait, there's more. Bring the whole family and say, oh no, you save it somewhere else. So save it somewhere else. Offer good for a limited time. Void were prohibited by law. Only one per family. You must order before midnight. Prices may vary. Welcome to Talkin' Tunes 2020. Good morning, everybody. Time to get up and greet the world with a smile. And remember, every person you meet today has the potential to sue you big time for something you say. Have a nice day. All right. Um, I'll check in a little bit. I'm on a radio right now. Uh, <laughs> He's on the phone. <laughs> hey, can I call you back? I'm on talking tunes at the moment. <laughs> oh, sorry. It must oh, be something. Give me important. your phone. All right. Thanks, man. Give me your phone. <laughs> All right. I'll see you later. Bye bye. You got a compass on your wrist? You got to figure out which direction you're going in or what? <laughs> Don't mess with me, man. <laughs> Is that, oh, is that a knife? A ninja tool. It's a survival. <laughs> oh my god. It's a survival. I could have used this in out of control days. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a survival bracelet. It's a rope. It's a whistle. It sets fire. It's, Maybe we should talk about Greg's ninja tool first before we turn the rock to jazz. This is a rape whistle, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's me. I gotta make sure. Nobody tries right, to rape Talking to has already started as far as I've been concerned. <laughs> going right here. You got Greg and his rape whistle and his uh, <laughs> tool. Yeah, so he used to be the G-Man. Now he's, he's uh, he needs his protection. So he's wearing his little band of yeah. nuts. Don't mess with me, man. He's, he's vulnerable right now. I can see why you need that. I know crazy. Yes, I do. <laughs> 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 you see the headlines now. Yeah, the headlines now. The G-Man is in the house. <laughs> Kathy Egger in the house tonight. Bam, bam. I'm going to call you Bam, bam. I'm sorry. You know, that, yeah, I like that, actually. It's yeah, kind of fun. Really Hi, Bam, bam. You know you hate it. Oh, no, that's you know cool. I like it. I like now, it. Now, Kathy and I go back for, God, how many years now? When you were out of control? Yeah, when I first started out of control, I met you at Papa Top. Yeah. Whenever we went into Papa Top. I knew I Kathy there. before I knew your husband yeah. there. Yeah, so that was years ago. And then, of course, we got uh, the beautiful and ever-talented John Van Wyke. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got to be real careful. Got to be careful with this microphone because the condom keeps slipping off here. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> those, those condoms yeah. never do what they're supposed to. <laughs> you know, it's an extra large. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, don't you have that problem all the time? <laughs> <laughs> slipping off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop buying the mangums, John. You don't need them. There's a story of that house over on uh, Sanford and Southern. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you right now about, I don't know if we should leave or just, you know. No, no. We, we got to keep Britta here. Britta used to this stuff. You used, yeah. you used to work with JoJo Gerard, who I'm going to be interviewing to also. Yes. And Sunny FM. Yes. And I'm also going to be talking with Jim Biggins when he makes it. He's over in Saginaw now, I guess, okay. somewhere. And then, you, do you remember Mark Frost? I never worked with Mark Frost. I yeah. remember of him, but I never worked no, I'm with him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark, Mark Brookie, he's actually doing writing in one of the papers over in Grand Haven or something now, but he oh. was over there. He used to do that classic rock show. Okay. You remember right. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was always a thing that you always had fun doing if you did. I, when I did it one time, it was Woodstock, and I found out years later that I misquoted everything. <laughs> <laughs> nobody called, nobody, nobody cared. Called. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you've been in radio for 100 years yourself. Yes, I have. Seems like it anyway. No, it has it, No, it has literally well, been 100 you, years. You didn't start now. See, I listened to you and, and Jim Cox and Kathy this morning, and you yeah. didn't start with the records, though, did you? The playing record? re Yeah, playing records. Vinyl. I did, actually, really? I, I did. Uh, well, really? not many. It, by that time, most of the music was on carts. Yeah. It was on. It was before CDs, though. Yeah. It was before CDs. It was before the computers. Everything was either on reel to reel or cart, yeah. or cart. Yeah. And all those reels to reels with the the blades and the tape and oh, those oh, yeah. were so much fun. Yeah, editing. editing. That calls. was when editing was fun. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my that God. Was <laughs> yeah, that was back in the good old days. <laughs> but now, people that don't know what carts are, those are look like eight tracks, yeah. but they're only two tracks instead yep. of eight. And they're so. like, what's an eight track? What's a VHS? What's a record? <laughs> but hey, the, the the art of when you first were were DJing with records is you had to have the back cue, so you yes. had to cue properly. So yes. when they started, mm -hmm. they were right there. Yep. Yeah, anyway, I'm just reminiscing, that's all. But uh, John, you've got something that you wanted to share with everybody as far as uh, something that's uh, well, one of the, we're trying one of the to do Well, one of the things that I've been, been uh, working on, and actually it started at uh, our reunion of, of Talking Tunes back last summer. Yeah. And we, a bunch of us got together over at Papa Tops, and we were reminiscing and showing pictures. and Great things, things happen at Papa Top, don't well, they? Well, we went, I mean, you know, the back story is we went to Papa Tops because we thought we still had some trade left there from 20 years ago. <laughs> You asked me, you said, where should we meet? And I said, you know, we used to have all of our staff meetings at uh, Eagle 97 over there when Bob Bolton and Bob Bolton, they worked for trade. Every, pretty much everything yeah, yeah. at that radio station well, was, was trade. His, I was his number one trade guy. <laughs> and, and so yeah. we would go to Papa Tops and the Sandbar and a couple other places in that neighborhood where that studio was. And so I figured I'd go over there and ask Tammy if we still had trade left. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When I left there and went to GVU, I realized that I lost like ten thousand dollars a year in trade. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. That was one of those. You want to work demoted? You want to work? You want to work this overtime? Overtime this weekend? We got some new snow tires. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The girl Firestone downtown Muskegon. We got the Firestone. Yeah. And Greg would go out and get a case of oil. Oh. <laughs> What are you going to use that for? He said, I don't know. And some donuts. He said, I've got a quick oh, And some donuts. <laughs> but anyway, last summer when we were sitting around at Papa Tops, uh, we were starting talking about radio in Muskegon and people that everybody had worked with over the years and, and my history of radio. The, my Uncle Raul was program director at uh, WKBZ right. back in the 1930s. And my another Uncle Paul was the head chief engineer there for 30 years. And so I have a history of, of radio in Muskegon. It's kind of in my but we all started talking about that, saying, you know, we need to preserve this somewhere because, you know, we're all getting a little older. And, and the it's guys that, that, and, the, and the people that preceded us back yeah. in the 1930s, 40s are gone. Mm -hmm. And but there are still some people around that still remember working uh, with those with those folks back in the at least in the 40s anyway. So we, we got the idea. And so I said, OK, I'm going to give um, the Lakeshore Museum Center a call. So I gave Anishka Soler a call, who's the, uh, the president of uh, that. And I said, We'd, we'd really like to sit down and talk, maybe doing something with the history of radio in Muskegon, because significant of uh, things that have happened that radio has followed. I mean, everything from the old Occidental Hotel fire of the 1930s and right. and and Seaway Festival and and uh, those kinds of things that happened in Muskegon that really shaped Muskegon. And if it wasn't for radio, 
boy, what, you know, it would have been a big void there. And it went back when news, we had news directors and those kinds of things and covering uh, lots of different things that happened in Muskegon. So anyway, we, we got a, a kind of a committee together and, and uh, of, uh, Oscar uh, came uh, with uh, Randy Crow and myself and uh, Steve, uh, Steve Harvey, Steve, James Steve, 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 Leonard, Steve Harvey, whatever, yeah, whatever name he's Harvey, going by today, yeah. uh, Leonard Harvey. And we set up a meeting back in the September time frame, and we sat down with Anishka and uh, her curator and her archivist and, and a whole bunch of other people from the museum. I don't know what their titles were. Now, when we sat around, and, and I said, I said to, to open up the meeting, I, said, I want to thank her for having us in, and I said, you got to remember everybody, all the guys from the radio are all A personalities, and, mm -hmm. and we could have have to limit ourselves to 90 seconds every time we talk. <laughs> I said, or else we're going to be here for like two days <laughs> talking about stories. And and one of the stories that came out, and we got the, really their interest, uh, was all the guys that used to work at WMUS over the years started talking about Mother Maddie Davis. Right. And uh, Maddie Davis is something that I didn't know that much about. I'd heard her name here and there, but didn't realize how significant that Maddie Davis was in the history of radio in Muskegon. Mm -hmm. That, uh, you know, in 1947, yeah. 1947, here's a 21-, 22-year-old African-American woman that weighed about 90 pounds and wanders into the uh, WMUS studio and says, I want to do a radio program on Sunday mornings. But after going to WKBZ... and they Went to WKBZ, too, but they were doing the Berean Church right. and whatever whatever um, you know uh, Christian Reformed Church that they were broadcasting at yeah. the time. Um, but then they were, they were they sold out, and it was big money yeah. for back then. And so she went and she said... Um, I'd like to do this. And they, she said, I'd like to do a 15-minute program. And they said, well, you need to go out and sell your own advertising. She said, I already got it sold. Yeah. And they said, well, go ahead and start it. And for when she started in 1947, for 2,741 consecutive Sundays, 41 years, she did a Sunday morning program on WMUS and, and did a gospel program and started gospel groups. And if, if you talk to a lot of African-Americans who were raised in this community, and Greg, Greg would, would, would uh, will vouch for this, uh, and I talked to Paul Billings one day and I said, you ever heard of Mother Maddie Davis? And he said, are you kidding me? I grew up with Mother Maddie Davis. Yeah. And so That's every it. every every kid, well, that, every African-American kid in this town that grew up in Muskegon knew Mother Maddie Davis. Everybody in at MUS too. That, oh yeah. Yeah, Kim um, told me a story about when he was 16 years old and he had to break in, break the window at MUS to get in to do the Maddie Davis show live because <laughs> he forgot his keys. So, and then you know Chris Roberts, we saw over at the uh, the lunch thing that we did. I mean, he used to run Maddie Davis. Leonard used to run Maddie Davis. I used to run Maddie Davis in 1990 when I was over there. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, so it's a significant person in history of Muskegon. History of radio, yes, but the history of Muskegon. And I think we got their attention at the Lakeshore Museum Center uh, because Anishka's called me several times. She actually made a presentation back in December to a, a, a regional organization that she belongs to and, and the subject of her presentation was people that I didn't know before I got this job and they were significant to the history of my town. Right. And she did that and, and she got standing ovation and doing a thing on Mother Maddie Davis. And 
and, and so it, it, we got their attention. So what we decided to do is uh, this is about a three-year project with the with the um, Lakeshore Museum Center. They, they take a while to we had to collect things, and uh, Oscar is doing some videotaping uh, it's right now. It's going to take me three years to get Tim Akerhoff to be happy with his video. I can tell you that. Well, much. well, yeah, we'll take that long, <laughs> and we don't really know what we're going to do with it yet. Other than we're starting to collect. If anybody out there is listening, had anybody that was involved with radio over the years, and you've got this piece of equipment, you don't know really what it is, and it's been sitting in your basement or your garage, but you know it came out of a radio studio. Uh, it may have a lot of tubes in the back of it, whatever it might be. You need to get a hold of us, and uh, we're, Randy Crow has got a, a section of one of his uh, warehouses that we've been collecting things and, and putting that. I just obtained a wire recorder yeah. from the 1947. It was actually 1947. I've never seen one. I remember Cliff, Cliff Martin talking about one, but I never seen one before. Yeah, and so we, we you know, we're gonna we're gonna put together, and again, it's gonna take two to years anyway before we really know where that's going to be. Whether yeah. it's going to be at the Lakeshore Museum Center on Third and Clay, or whether now that they've uh, combined with the Heritage Museum on Western Avenue, that's all under one umbrella. Uh, I, I think they've signed the papers the last couple of weeks to do that. And and I've been talking to Anishka about possibility of doing that studio and it'll make it look like a studio, but do it at the Heritage Museum on Western Avenue ground floor with a, with the by, the by the window. So if during festivals, whether it's Rebel Road or Bike Time or whether it's some event that's going on on Western Avenue, anybody can use that that studio and just book it like it's a room. Cool. And you know, nowadays, you know, to do a remote broadcast, it just takes a phone line basically yeah. and it's, or a, a cell phone. And, it's funny that you we say that too because uh, Don Anderson, I, I, I transferred, who was another big name in radio, he's here at TRU days. Um, he did a video of uh, when he used to have his, his place in South Haven. Okay. And he, people used to pay to come in there to get on the mic to record something on, on, on cassette tape, you know, and then give them, give them the Well, the you know, so. I don't know if, I mean, I got the idea for that. Um, I was down in Chicago not too long ago and walking down Michigan Avenue, walked by the Tribune building and I went, WGN studio is still right there. Yeah, you know, and WGN obviously the the big voice of the Midwest, uh, seven twenty out of uh, out of Chicago. I mean, I walked and I just I stood there and watched the guys do their regular broadcast from that studio. Yeah. that's right, glassed in studio wow. on yeah. the main floor of the Tribune building, and I'm going that that's where our museum. Uh, piece should be, yeah, and make it look like a make it make it look like a and some some antique stuff that we can we can acquire. Uh, I'm in the process. I, I found a couple of old uh, 28 teletypes uh, oh, that I'm going to have. Uh, they weigh about a thousand pounds a piece. <laughs> you know, from from the days of uh, you know the, the people who worked in work the studio. They called the wire and read. Man. You know that yeah. that's where the, all the news came in, the weather yeah. came in, everything else was on a teletype. Oh, yeah. And so we're going to have a couple of those there. That I, I hate that. I hated that job. KBZ. <laughs> Ripping, ripping the wire and, and making sure, finding out what stories were good and which, oh, geez, anyway. But, you know, of all, all the great things and the stories that we're trying to capture right now on, on video with people that have done radio uh, in, the, in the modern day, yeah. um, but all the things that, the stories that we are going to get from people who didn't work in radio and they went, Boy, I got engaged at the Getty Four listening to so-and-so on the radio. Or, I, mean, I mean, those kind of... And that's guys, probably one of the cleanest stories you can right say now. about the oh, Getty yeah. Four. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> no, but there are those kind of those stories. There's a lot of, of when, perverts when, out there too that we could talk about, but we won't bring that up right now. No, yeah, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> no, you know, and 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 the great moments of radio. We're gonna try. I've got a whole box of stuff from the Talking uh, Tunes program. Yeah, uh, cassette tapes when we oh, used yeah. to do it on cassette tapes, and I'm gonna look through there. We're gonna have to go through there, Oscar, and figure out if we can uh, find a couple of those broadcasts yeah. that, that were memorable. Worst that we worst probably we won't be able to play YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, oh, yeah, so that, was oh, fun. you mean some of the Bob stuff? Yeah, some of the Bob stuff and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. inter the interview yeah, with uh, Goose, Goose uh, Lake down there, whatever it was, down in Union, Michigan. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And those kind of broadcasts yeah. that probably shouldn't play in, in today. It would probably scare some I think, children. I think but. this year, though, when we, we find out about Turtle Lake, if we can ever find out who Turtle runs Lake. Turtle Lake Nudist Camp, we should send Britta down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the, whoever that salesman was. Remember that salesman? That salesman went oh, down to, to Nudes Town. Renee. Yeah, yeah, Renee. Upset, yeah, Renee. Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Greg wants to do that. Greg, no, no. Well, Greg didn't want to do it last time. <laughs> and doing that program, he one, he one, one of the best parts about some of those things were just the background laughter oh, yeah. that were in those things. Because <laughs> when Renee went down there, to, it was Turtle Creek. Is that what the yeah, name Turtle Creek. Turtle, Turtle Creek. Creek. They had a thing called Nude Stock every year. And they had a rock and roll concert. At a nudist colony. Yeah, yeah. And Renee, Renee's down there. Yeah. Great. Renee calls us on Saturday morning from down there, and he says, "Man, there's a lot of a lot of vendors here, and pretty much they're all selling sunglasses." <laughs> So this doesn't look like the, the, the Playboy Mansion. No, 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 no. More like the Playboy garage. I think their their biggest. <laughs> these are like the biggest nudist. sales item is towels. Yeah, so, yeah. These are like these nudist beaches, <laughs> clothing optional beaches in the grill, Jamaica. <laughs> and not now, and not at sandals. Now, <laughs> Kathy found the information on that, so she we we can uh, yeah we can set that. Whole whole thing up but That's the thing about it is with Kathy you know if she calls and Nikki Hoffman answers the phone Ooh, hang up yeah <laughs> she was like 80 when we talked her 20 years ago if she had, if she uh, anything to do with it right. if she picks up the phone yeah, yeah. Hello? <laughs> no I'm on my fourth husband now yeah there were some, some great things with Greg opening Kansas spam as well oh. I, mean, I mean there's nothing like like live radio and, and a can of spam opening up and being put on a grill. <laughs> the sound and the smell of that. There's nothing like napalm in the morning. <laughs> you know, the worst thing with Renee did, Renee, he made the chili out of spam. And that was well, actually, well, we had, good. We had a, a spam chili cook-off yeah. yeah. in Lakeside. That would be yeah. Yeah. Hawaiians can't be wrong. Okay. That's yeah. right. Hey, hey. It's huge in Hawaii. Is it really? Yes. Well, it's, it's hard to keep yeah. things. Uh, how many overweight Hawaii? Samoans. Spam is big in Hawaii. And so is high blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I can name some names. Uh, we don't even go there. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, so anyway, how do they get a hold of you if they want to be uh, part probably, of Probably uh, the, the, the best thing to do, I mean, I can give my phone number out over the air because I get weird calls all the time anyway. So 231-557-3979. Probably the best way to do that. Uh, I've got uh, email. You can find me on Facebook. It's a V A N W Y C K. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you get that one. misspelled most of the time. Yeah. But you can do that on, on mess, message me on 
Facebook. What is that phone number again? 231 557 Carol What is that phone number again, please, Greg? Well, John, yeah, John, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's fine. Yeah, but uh, and obviously get a hold of somebody here, and and we, but pretty much we're getting most of the broadcasters around the Muskegon are in tune with uh, yeah. Dr. Rich Berry a couple of days ago, and and uh, over at uh, whatever that company Cumulus. is called Cumulus. Whatever that company is over there, you know, right. yeah. the other big one, not, not on heart, the other one. Yeah, yeah. I love to watch Britta's face <laughs> talking about this. You know, everybody, all the background. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, the crush going on again. <laughs> Telling you, it's I like know. this morning with Jim Cox. They had the crush. No, but pretty much everybody that's doing broadcasting now is, as well as, as uh, community radio here right. and, and uh, Shoreline uh, Radio, uh, pretty much know that if you have a question, if somebody says, hey, I got this piece of equipment, yeah. or, or it's us out in the community as well, and you're talking to somebody you know that was involved with broadcasting and saying, hey, you know, all that equipment used to, what, what happened to all that stuff yeah. that came out of uh, Mark, 97? Mark knows now, but he'll tell. I think he probably <laughs> will. So one, one of the interesting things that I did when I was still working at the phone company, I was a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. I did go to, when they opened up the radio history uh, exhibit at the Michigan Museum in Lansing, yeah. and we had a big opening reception and everything else, and I was walking by there, and they had a WGN studio, or uh, what's the one, in, in, uh, WJR, oh, okay. a WJR studio that they had re, they had to have things made even to make it look like the studio, and I walked by there, and I said, Wow, that's a board we're still using at 98.3. <laughs> With the big dials on it. Yeah, those were impressive. That was, that was a piece of antique uh, broadcast equipment. Yeah. But yeah, well, that, some of that I stuff's got to be around somewhere because it, that's the kind of stuff that, I mean, I mean, Cliff Martin never threw out anything. No. I mean, people that worked in, in radio, especially the engineers. I mean, yeah. the engineers are the ones that, that always took mm -hmm. stuff home because they were afraid they weren't going to be yeah. able to find that part. <laughs> yeah. You know, weren't they? Right. Yeah, well, they, all, they all tell you they've yeah. got probably boxes of, of uh, vacuum tubes. Hey, there might be some stuff at the old, remember the old MUS studio up Ups, on Giles upstairs. Road? Giles Road upstairs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Upstairs. we got to yeah, figure out a way to sneak in there. We're going we're gonna to get uh, Britta in, in black clothes, and she's going to sneak in there. There, there live, you go. I could walk there from my house all right. in black clothes. Well, there and like, you go. Do you ninja? <laughs> 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 ninja Britta. Ninja Britta. Ninja Britta. Ninja Sneak in. Yeah, I could do that. I could yeah. walk from my house there. Brit up. The X Factor. The X Factor. A little red wagon. <laughs> a little red wagon. A little, little radio flyer. You can put all her stuff in there. You know, Brit's going to look like Catwoman. Okay. Brit, <laughs> no. like I call her, the golden goddess. Yeah, she'll put, yeah, put little whiskers on yeah. her. Yeah. She'll put little whiskers on her. She'll be all set. <laughs> oh, man. No, you it, can't that's make fun stuff. It really is. But we also got to get, if you ever see, you see Mark again. I mean, he lives in my town these days, so I might run into him. But he, he was talking to me about uh, him and Pam getting together to do one of these videos, too. Oh, cool. And yeah, that would be show. awesome. Oh, no. They, they were show. together for... 20 years. Oh, yeah. A long yeah. time. Yeah, Mark yeah. Uh, spent 31 years at, at MUS. At MUS, yeah. So. And, uh, good, yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm going to see him next week, so. Yeah. So, and Mike Murphy, I'd be nice yeah. to get all of him. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. him. What is Mike Murphy doing? I don't know. Nobody don't know. seems to know. <laughs> he's caught. Dan Vandermine, I know he still announces the uh, Mona Shores games. I love it, Dan Vandermine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I get him, him, too. I mean, Dan's got some stories. 
You can make a few up too. So. <laughs> yeah, can, can I ask a question? Sure. So, so last Friday I had the privilege. This of isn't the Jim Cox show. You can ask whatever you want. <laughs> okay. All right. Back to you, Kathy. <laughs> back, back to you, Kathy. This is jump right in. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So last Friday I had the privilege of having lunch with with you guys oh, and uh, Chris Roberts, and I, I met and all these voices. I'm surrounded by these voices from my past, from my teenage years, listening to not. Stop! You know it was just so cool. You have a great radio voice, you know, and uh, and even Jim Cox. When I'm sitting here with him in the mornings, yeah. I'm like, I remember that voice. So, are, so here's my guys. issue. You guys, you played great music, but 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 you guys were the the reason all my mixtapes were ruined. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What what do you all have against the last thirty five seconds of a song? It's called posting, man. If you, post you yeah. if you weren't a good DJ, you, you couldn't know, post the song. You know what really hurt is when you know I'm, I'm in my bedroom, my little recorder, and I just luck out in time to press what play and record or record with those two buttons at the same time, and I get the whole beginning of the song, and I'm like, yes, only for it to be ruined <laughs> by someone chiming in with the Tarzan yell. And, uh, you know, That's um, when, but. So Oh, yeah. Back in the day when we used to post, we didn't have anything that said how many how much time was left or anything else. We just, oh, just had to know it. the song. So you didn't do that yeah. on purpose? Because my husband and I thought, oh, yeah. thought, we did it I thought maybe it was a conspiracy. Well, oh, no, we did it on against radio, radio airtime is at a premium. And uh -huh. you've got to cram in as many oh, words yeah. as you possibly yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. So when you've got like a 12-second intro and maybe like a 10-second outro, you're going to cram as many words yep. as okay. you possibly yeah. can. That's cute that you think people making mixtapes in teenage years want to hear that. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Kathy, you were awesome. No. Kathy, you you know, something that was so cool, because yeah, Britta and I, we lived by each other, we grew up together in middle school, but back then it was junior high. Yeah. 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 And Reese Buffer Junior High, they had a lip sync, and uh, she, with your girlfriends, you were Axel Rose, because you know this... I you had, what? You had, you had this long hair, and yeah, she, she had the long straight hair with the bandana, and they lip sync to. They, it was I, and we won first place. I'm gonna yeah, yeah, I'm gonna find that picture. I have that oh picture. Oh yeah, we got to post that one. I, oh yeah, I will find that because oh my gosh, oh it was great. It was great. No. <laughs> she said no. I'm well, gonna Kathy find knows it. way too much about me because we grew up together. So maybe she should do the interview. Okay. <laughs> well, I tried this morning. Yeah. We gave it our best shot. Didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more talking tunes. You gonna stick around, John? Uh, no, I'm heading out. Uh, oh out man, you're leaving already? Oh yeah. Yep. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> bye, John. Anyway, we'll be back with more talking tunes after this. You're listening to No Deposit, No Return Disposable Radio. It doesn't get cheaper than this. It starts innocently enough, but can soon threaten society as we know it. Hi, sweetheart. How's the baby, the sweet little honey bunny? Isn't he a cutie? Just look at him. He's a Learn kid. to recognize the signs of baby talk. I'm home. How's my little smooky wookie wovey oh, wifey? Oh, It can happen to any of us, and once this pathetic demon grabs hold, there's no letting go. I love you, you sweet little I itty bitty too, my sweetie you so Only sweet. you can prevent baby talk. I love you, boopy boopy. Hey, 
why'd you do that for? To find out more about Baby Talk, call 1-800-111-222. Okay, okay. Hey there, welcome to Talk and Tunes 2020. Talking tunes, talking about Kathy Eckert and Bob Eckert. You have a great story about Kathy. Larry McRae is the headliner. Oh God, I love Larry McRae. Oh, Larry's awesome. We're, we're, He's awesome. We are yeah. huge fans. So we always, you know, we originally from Saginaw, but he is a yeah. national, yeah. really oh, international yeah. blues yeah. act He's now. Yeah, was all the time. So he was coming to Chili Blues Fest in Grand Haven in the tent, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, cold outside. And anyway, so they come down, and Kathy's band was playing before. No, actually, or Vincent actually, Hayes. Vincent Hayes. Yeah, and um, you're sitting in. So I just you know go up to say, hey Vince, you know, oh. What have you sit in? So I'm sitting in the last two songs. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're sitting in there as, as Larry and the band get there. Yeah. They're coming in the back of the tent, which is where the the drums are set up. So they're coming <laughs> yeah. in. Vince is playing his last couple tracks with Kathy on the drums. We're playing and, Ray and Charles. They, they, they just yeah. kind of notice. They're, you know, they're walking in with their equipment and their gear, and they're, and they're just kind of looking like, "Who's this girl playing drums over here?" And I could sense them, like because we've seen he, we've seen him several times. We love yeah. Larry, and uh, I could sense that just like, "Oh my goodness, I'm pretty sure Larry McCree is standing right behind me," and the, and the guys. <laughs> so I need to step this. And Larry, Larry's brother <laughs> is his drummer, right? Yeah. So they're coming in, and you can see they're kind of talking back and forth, and they're kind of pointing and looking. And, I'm and they bring super in super cool, but I'm yeah, they bring in a, more <laughs> equipment. And they're just kind of coming in every, three or four times. They make trips into there, and each time they're really like. And I'm standing in the crowd so I can watch the whole thing from behind, you know, watching what's going on. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this is cool, you know. And so you guys end up, you end up talking to them as they're, yeah, they as help you finish the up. Stage, they help yeah. you off the stage and you guys have a little conversation. As drummers, we always have to jump off the back of a really high stage. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then anyway, long story short, they invite her up. But. It, there's a little caveat to it. They didn't just bring her up there because oh she's cool, right? They they wanted to like kind of give her a test. <laughs> oh yeah, they were testing me for Larry McRae's band again, being a, a very top-notch blues band. They they weren't yeah. just into giving anybody a, a shot on their stage with them. That's not how it works, especially with Larry and his brother. You don't go to Larry McRae shows and see other musicians on stage. You just no. don't. You just don't. So no. so I thought you know. Yeah, they maybe said they'll get you on light or something like that, but I thought, yeah, they probably won't. You know, like a lot of bands say that just to kind of shoo you away. But they actually did call her up. And so she went up on stage to play. Yeah, and I asked him, well, they asked yeah. me what, I, what style I wanted to play. And I'm like, let's do, let's do something funky, upbeat, funky, you know, um, no shuffles. <laughs> I hate shuffles. <laughs> and so yeah, well yeah yeah. So so I thought cool. You know we'll we'll do they'll do a funk tune. You know and that that was fun. And uh, so so I don't so typically I don't like like the you know the, the typical drum shuffle. You know but then then they I, they tested me. They wanted to see if I was a one trick pony. You know and thank goodness they called off a tune like a like a six eight time kind of mm-hmm. shuffle. I'm like oh okay boys. <laughs> Yeah, we can do this. So luckily, it was one of the, the songs that was easy to play that I could kind of, you know, yeah. do some cool stuff on. And uh, yeah, but, but it was really cool because I mean, here's my wife up there playing with Larry McRae right. and the band, yeah. and, and the, there was a huge crowd in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, at Chili Blues, it's the end yeah. of the night. It's the headliners on stage. The the tent is packed, and they're just going crazy. They're just like, who is this? And you know, she's hanging with every beat, and she 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 was just super impressive that night. And I thought, you know, I was so glad she had an opportunity to do that because I know she's got the skills, she's got the chops to do it, and she didn't freeze under pressure. She just stood up there. She was, again, still being her normal self, projecting herself, smiling, engaging the crowd, 
all while keeping up with these guys, <laughs> a band you should never play with before. Yeah. So well, that was really cool. Play a Larry McRae tune. I yeah. got, I, I actually recorded a lot of Larry McRae tunes because when he did Steak and Blues. Steak and Blues. Steak and Blues. We, yeah. I was at GBU at the time, program director, and I, and I did the ISDN line, and we recorded them, played them, did them live. And I'd never seen Larry before, and that was the first oh, time. And he amazing. Was closing act, and that was Where was that at? Where was that one at? Oh, okay, because remember yeah, when the Steak and Blues? Roberta I was just yeah, Roberta, Roberta Bradley. Yeah, oh. I was I was just gonna say that because we saw them at like it was like one of those clubs like the Polish Belgator. It was oh. one of those kind of big yeah. clubs. Yeah, Roberta exactly. Bradley. That's where we first uh, heard about her. Yep. I want to especially dedicate this song to my big brother JD McCree in the house tonight. It's Roberta Bradley for her loss and her family. And to each and every one of you who might need somebody to be looking after them sometime. Because we don't know when it might be our time. Life is so wonderful when you have someone to love. A shoulder you can lean on when you feel like giving up. You need a friend like my old friend. She's the one I call when I need someone just to talk to. Once I was stranded, lost beside the road. I looked over my shoulder, babe, you said, jump in, boy, and let's go. It must have been somebody's watching over me. Watching over me every day, baby. Every year. I had lots of money once upon a time. Looked up one day. I didn't have a thing dying You blame me I put the blame on you Almost gave up on us, honey But a whole lot of money came through And I was right Maybe I would roll Yes, we were down and out. 
Just fast forward to your current, okay, mm -hmm. if we can. So Betty Page is the new band. It's a band you've kind of, I think you got kind of tired of other people dictating when you were going to play, where you were going to play, all that kind of yeah, stuff. And in the, a way, the in style. So you, yeah, in style. So you wanted to get a band where you could kind of handpick the team. Yeah, well, the Tim, other band Tim Lipan, um, just an incredible human being. I, I, Tim and I, go, we all go way back with Tim, and he's been so good to my bands over the years, you know. And uh, 
It was at one of the, it was a Pound Buddies thing, like once a month on Sunday at the Watermark. And so I was in that, the house band for the Pound Buddies gig. And uh, he, he was there and he, and he heard through the grapevine I was starting to put a new band together. And I just had myself and uh, Will, Will Rock at, yep. at that time. I, he didn't know I, I only have me and the keyboard player. <laughs> and so uh, he came up to me and he was then he was booking for uh, bike time when it was at the Fruitport uh, racetrack. And he said, uh, we need someone to open for Leonard Skinner. I heard you have a new band. Do you guys want to play? I'm like, yeah, we want to play. <laughs> So I got home that night, made a list, like, all right. And the, the first people I had, John Merchant was my, my first choice. Um, and I, if, if you've never had a chance to see or hear John Merchant, <laughs> the guy. You guys went to school together. Yeah, we, we went, yeah, we went to school with Fantastic John. Fantastic <laughs> But, you know, I, when I hear a band, I love the energy, watching the energy on stage. And John Merchant just, he lives it. And it, he, he, you could tell he loves what he, what he does. And uh, he's played with Dutch Henry um, for years and he's had a solo act, but John was my first choice. And, um, and he said, yes. And so then I knew the rest of it was cake, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, and we, and we booked, that was our, one of our first gigs together. And not a bad, not a bad person to open for in your first gig either. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leonard Skinner. I, you know, and I had a new appreciation for them because, you know, the, the reputation. Mm -hmm. you know, they, They're you know, older than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, don't play Freebird, you know. Yeah. And let me tell you, those guys rock. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, a hardworking man. Yeah, yeah. Was so. the keyboard player still living then or? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Good. It was a great band, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, with the brother taking over and everything. Yeah, great band. Yep, Johnny Van Zandt was walking, because we played, yeah. we actually played Rebel Road the night before we played Bike Time, and uh, Johnny Van Zandt was walking I, by. I think my greatest memory of, of Kathy is, is that she learned how to scam quickly. From the yeah. teacher? Uh, she learned Robert. how to scam quickly, and, and she she would perform and put all her energy into the show, and then after the show was like, I'm so tired. <laughs> I never said and it that. And it was like Princess, so we gave it the name oh, Princess. Yeah, I remember so that was, nickname. I, I and so we would have to take her drums down. No, no, no. It was Sparky that gave her I the just, name. I just wanted to get off the stage and start drinking again. I wasn't tired. I could have loaded my own drums. You know, I was trying to say it nicely, but you know, no, you, no. And, but so, loaded her drums, Princess drums up all the time. Yeah, what, did, what did Tim Lipen when he started talking about him? He used to introduce the band. What did he say? The the pound most, for pound, pound for pound, the <laughs> biggest band around, the most dangerous the band, the most dangerous band. That was yeah. It, yeah. Amongst other int introductions, yeah, yeah. that was one of the kindest. One of the, one of the ones mm -hmm. did a lot, though. Tim Lipan, well, he yeah, he's done so many things. <laughs> Still does. He's talking to and it's Roberta Bradley, and we were talking a little bit about her, and I uh, recorded this back in 1999 at Steak and Blues, right here. I'm a 100.9.
Roberta Bradley from 1999. It's Steak and Blues Fest. I'm Oscar Osborne. We'll be back with more Talking Tunes after this. Now back to Talking Tunes. You're listening to Radio for the People, by the People, and without a clue. It's one big Talking tunes, you know, Bob's a good-looking Bob, like, guy. He was good-looking when we got married, but I think he turned 50 last year. I think he's, like, way hotter now yeah. than... I don't he know if that's daddy issues you are or hot. if he is hotter now, but... Bob, you're <laughs> I'll take it either way. <laughs> <laughs> like, but my favorite thing, I love it. Like, well, at the basketball games and football games, when, when he's broadcasting, he's got his foot up on the ledge calling the game, you know? I'm like, you're yeah. so good-looking. Yeah. Just like, look at this stunning. All right, talking tunes, cool. we're back, and we're all talking about how hot Bob is. Bob, so glad you could join us. Hard not to talk about. Too bad y'all missed it. But uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, we'll baby, to, just looking. I wish this was. Only, I wish this was radio right only, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might get away with it. Unfortunately, that's there to yeah. contradict what has yeah, been we said. We got cameras, man. We got cameras on. Yeah, I know. Um, Britta keeps trying to push her way out of them, but yeah, we got cameras on. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> Come on, Britta, get on, on over get here. Get over here. Get Does in the Bob crowd. Does Bob make you uncomfortable? The great announcement <laughs> is is that we have two new players of the Talking Tunes right here. We have, of course, the lovely Kathy. Boom, bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like that. I no, I do. I actually do. You is that do be, not. Is that because of drumming like or just because I'm well, yeah. kind of blunt? And, oh. <laughs> she know. can also be heard here on 100.9 on mornings. And the mornings with Jim Cox. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think she can be heard. Yeah, she once, once in a while, while she can be heard. <laughs> she was heard this morning with Britta. We had a great time this morning with Britta. Yeah. And that's and that's our other member of Talking Tunes now that Hello. is hanging around as long as she can until... Somebody smart hires her. Our new, these new people. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, and then of course Bob, he's been around forever, and G-Man forever, and myself forever. So we're just the old guys. It's three forever. What does that equal? We got two beautiful women here, so that's even better, right? Yeah. Actually, we got three because we got one hiding around the corner over there. (laughs) The production woman. The production assistant. The picture taker. All right, so who do we want to start with first, Bob? Do you want to interview? You should interview Kathy. I mean, you guys are married, right? So, I mean, it's, it's no secret. Come on, you guys, <laughs> you no guys have been together. And, you know, even though you and I had this bromance, I think you two should pretty much talk about <laughs> bromance. Well, yeah. well Brendan, we kind of talked about this this morning. You know, Bob and I, we, we make a great partnership. We're a team in life and marriage and raising kids, but not board games, card games. Negative. Definitely not Pictionary. <laughs> yeah. Anything to do with artwork, typically, there, there draws a dividing line. A game night, playing. Bob and I played Pictionary one time, and he, he does hold a bachelor's in art for Michigan State, which many people don't know. And uh, playing Pictionary with Bob, the timer runs out. He's still shading. He'll, he'll, draw, he'll draw a little line, but then, like, you know, shading, and then, yeah. oh, no, erase that. Okay, no, that's all right. And then <laughs> keep drawing. It's, yeah, there's just not enough time. For I'm a realist, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I always thought I was a good drawer until I played Pictionary. I looked at my drawing, and I'm thinking, what the hell is that? Yeah, if you don't know what you're drawing yeah. your own self, yeah, yeah. it's going to be I tough. I still remember it was a school bus. That's so easy to draw. I don't need tires shaded on a, on a piece of paper. And, and, Depends you know, on what neighborhood you grew up in. And what the bus is like. marks, literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I love Bob. He, he, 
I'm his biggest fan. He's my biggest fan. And uh, well, let's let's true. talk yeah. about your biggest. Let's fan talk over about. Here. I mean, she's like I say, yeah. I've known her since out of control. I mean, you guys have been together for how many years now? Ah, uh, well, we we got we met in December of 1991. Yeah. Yeah. Engaged three months later. Yeah. Married a year and a half after that. Mm-hmm. Oh. So you do the math. Yeah, me came along a year after that. Twenty-six plus years of marriage. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we should be singing the love boat or something. Well, you know, <laughs> no, I mean we we you, you know we're, we're no, I can't. Not this voice. <laughs> it wasn't always storybook. I mean, you know, Bob had a lot of maturing and growing to do. <laughs> there's a few. Um, <laughs> there's a few pages missing out of the storybook. Yeah. They've been ripped away. And, I am. Yeah. If I, I always say, if I died now. He'll he'll make a perfect husband for somebody. It would be a shame if I died out because all of my hard work would you know somebody yeah, else would yeah. get to reap the benefits. Then, then because she trained him well. And what would Jim Cox do? God, try to marry Bob. <laughs> New partner coming in. On Jim Cox has Bentley. We all are very aware of that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've I've known Jim for years and years and years, but uh, yeah, he's he's definitely a true radio icon. That's for oh, sure. Oh, he is. So. He is. It's, it is surreal sometimes just listening, sitting across from him in the mornings and yeah. listening to him like. Deja vu. I think it's the first thing I, I heard when I moved to, to sure. Muskegon back okay. in 83 or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Cash and call. Just think about we've been known Cox for that long. <laughs> I know, I know. Cash call. Yeah, that, I know. Yeah. So I just thought, yeah. oh, my God. Tradio, cash call. Oh, These guys are like squirrel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the, the amazing Kathy as far as her career. When did that all start? Well, her musical career yeah. started around the same time I met her, really. I mean, she'd, she'd been playing drums since she was 14, so I met her a few years after that. But as far as when I first met her, she was playing with the Aquinas College yeah. big band, yeah. the jazz yeah. band. That's uh, right. I've known you long. Oh, yeah. Then you we know go, Bob. We yeah. go back to oh, the yeah. Prickly Pear. Oh, yeah, you guys. Yeah. 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 That worked there. Did you really? Worked you worked there? Squirrel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bob is the calming force for pretty much everything, yeah, yeah, every yeah, situation. Yeah. yeah. It was the Sunday night jam sessions. I was the hostess. Wow. Well, I already knew you because. Yeah, yeah. We've known each other since birth. <laughs> That, that, those Sunday night jam sessions were great. I mean, so my parents started taking me to those when I was 15, so I had only been playing drums for a year, and thank goodness for veteran, patient musicians. You, you know, yeah. It is the that first place that I ever sung a solo song. Really? Come on, out of control was patient with, with Greg for years. Well, I know, if, if I wouldn't have <laughs> No, they weren't patient, they were scared. Out of control. Yeah, I, I, I have made a lot of connections and really got my start in the community with out of control. So if Greg would have been a good drummer, I would have never <laughs> got a job. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't go that I deep. Can, I can see Emily laughing in the background. That, that, no. that kind of hurt my right no. there. But you know, it, it, <laughs> no offense. I'm kidding, but I don't know. Um, anyway, no, let's, no, let's go back. Just, let's go back a little before that. Yeah, I can. No, I think I need to explain the the good drummer. Uh, no, we're going to get to that. I, I, have a, I have an opinion on that myself. Okay. Uh, but before that. King B and the Buzz Tones. Oh, yeah. That was like her first yeah. professional gig band. <gasps> my, uh, I auditioned my, for them oh, to be oh. the lead singer. Again, thank you for sucking. <laughs> no, no, not to be the drummer, to oh. be the lead singer. Oh, really? So so how long were you with King B and the Buzz Tones? Three years? Three, yeah, three years. 
But my first, my first professional gig um, with them opened up for the Marshall Tucker Band. Oh, wow. I was 20. I was, yeah, no, I just turned 21. I was 20 or 21. It was before we got married. And uh, I still remember what I was wearing. And I, I, I loved the Marshall Tucker Band at that yeah. point, too. And uh, I could have puked right before going on stage. It was the most, it was the craziest. That was when Somersault was on the other side. Oh, and the the trailer. Yeah. Moved my family away from my Carolina home Had dreams about the West and started to roam Six long months on a dust-covered trail They say heaven's at the end, but so far it's been hell And there's fire on the mountain, lightning in the air Rolling them hills and it's waiting for me And sifting from five to five Selling everything we found Just to stay alive Gold flowed free like the whiskey in the bar Sinning was the big thing Lord and said was star And there's fire on the mountain Lightning in the air Gold in them hills And it's waiting for me Tucker Band, talking to Kathy Eckert about her professional career as a drummer. The best video I got of you is when you guys were at uh, um, Heritage Landing, uh-huh. out of control band, you were playing drums then, and that one camera guy kept going on you, <laughs> going on you real low, <laughs> going up, 
upshot. You know, they got a low cut. Thing I going love that, on that summer. Day. That was a hot summer. I remember that. I, we opened for Bonnie Ray. I still remember. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a it was a hot summer. I, the camera, yeah. okay. the cameraman anyway, just kept no. going. No, I just really Gavin. felt good that oh. summer. <laughs> I, started, I had my white Tommy Hill figure jeans and a little Tommy halter top. Yeah, that was a good yeah, summer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyone wants that, I can sell it to you. 1995. 1995. She still has it. I still got it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Well, that was the evolution from King Bee and the Buzz Tone mm-hmm. to Out of Control. You know, before before that, well, this wasn't professional. Um, I was with the Lock Inside Highlanders. Do you guys remember those, those guys? The the Kilts? The Scottish drum and pipe band? Remember? You, no. Yes, you. Oh, wow. Did you? you I, I, my problem is I'm just, I'm so old. <laughs> Well, I was 14, and uh, we it was it was St. Patrick's Day, which is huge for the Lock Inside Highlanders. Yeah, and, uh, oh, yeah. yeah so we went to the West Side well before Schweifler owned it. And I'm um, 14. I thought, well, I look cute, my little kill. You know, I had no idea what I, I was kind of sheltered, no idea what I was walking into. And this this <laughs> this regular sitting at the bar gave me two dollars to buy myself a beer. <laughs> <laughs> And I was so scared. Well, that's, all you, that's all you get the money for, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, sweetheart, buy yourself a beer. <laughs> I kept that $2. <laughs> so technically, that was a professional gig. I guess, yeah. Yeah, you got yeah. Paid to play that day. And uh, back then, uh, Tim Jones was my drum teacher, and he's the one who got, he, remember offhand? He played it offhand oh, with Mad Van Oh, Bevelin. my gosh, and, uh, the, great. Uh, Sax player, oh, I, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, Perry, Glenn Perry. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Perry. Glenn Perry, yeah. And uh, he was in that band. They were fantastic. Up. Weren't they? They were jazz fusion, yeah. and they played on WBLV. And that was the that was the band that all musicians went to go watch. Yeah, yeah. And see it's those just, guys. I mean, wow, phenomenal musicians. It was just cool, cool music. And so Tim Jones, I, I just adore him. And um, yeah, he was a great drum teacher, but to take interest in young students to get us involved in the Lock Inside Highlanders, and you know, yeah, it was just. And it's amazing because I worked with Tim Jones. Where so, did you work with him? I, everywhere where we could. Teaching? You were a student though, right? Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I was a student about like two sessions, and he just said, "The hell with it." <laughs> so out of control. Out of okay. control. Where, where does that come from? How, how did that happen? <laughs> well, Jeff or Jeff Olson, um, love Jeff. He, he died a few years ago. I still I still get weepy uh, just talking about him out loud. Um, yeah, uh, but it was him and Rob that started back at the uh, Pepper Mill. What was JP Allen? We were at JP Allen's High Street Tavern, Pepper Mill. Sparky too, wasn't it? Sparky. No, it's the two of them at first. Oh no, it started out the two of them. Then John joined. Then I joined. And there was four of us for a while. Then Dale Clark. Yeah, Dale Clark. And, yeah. and then Dale Clark's wife hated us. Yeah. And then that's how Tom Schaub ended into the band. And I loved it when Dale Clark would sit in with us, though, because I when I joined, Tom Schaub was the keyboard player then. And um, but Dale would sit in, and and I love Dale. He's so much fun, nice guy. Uh, and we did uh, the oh, what was that song? It was the five four. I switched times to the. Um, uh, moon dance. Moon dance. Moon dance. Yeah. yeah, that was that was that was his, his standby. That, that was his standby. Yeah. And that was I loved it. That was so lounge lizardy. That that <laughs> was oh, that was a Bill Murray thing. Oh, yeah, it really was. Yeah, yeah. We, we did that at my father's 
funeral. Oh, really? Yeah, we were doing the visitation. Oh, Everybody oh, left. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, it was like, hey, yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> what happened was, is I was saying that, you know, this guy I played in the band with, and my sister was going, no. So he went to the piano and started playing and singing the song, and I played the drums yeah. beating on the piano. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, I remember when I went to interview him when we did the whole out of control documentary thing, and uh, he was right in, his, right in his funeral home. He had his little organ over there to, to play the songs and talk about it. He's you know. so cool. Yeah. Just, the amazing thing that Kathy came into is that what people don't know is is that Heritage Landing, the first band that was ever on that stage, was out of control. Was that was that for the fireworks? Convention? No, no, no. Okay. Way before that. Okay. Um, the first band to do Party in the Parks, because nobody would touch yeah. Party in the Parks. Yeah, we would do Party in the Parks, and then the Beach Bashers came, and Replay came, and all that kind of stuff. So the heritage of that That's was really great. And so it was, it was one of the things was that the band decided that, okay, Greg's drumming had got to a certain point, and we need to bring in another drummer. Hey, I'm cool with that. And they're like saying, okay, we, but you need to play stay on percussion, which was fine with me. Yeah. And But there were some songs that they said, we need you to switch back, which was But nobody, was, was well, I don't know, Kathy came pretty close to bringing the fun that you could bring. Right. Oh, thank you. You know, There's nobody with, with G-Man, G though, yeah. I learned a lot. Uh, but she can do those presence. moves like James Brown did. Yeah, yeah. G-Man <laughs> gets a standing ovation going up on stage and taking yeah. his jacket off. I know. Okay, yeah. and, and he just had the stage presence that nobody could match, but, oh. Well, the one, uh, the one clip you're I, right, you're right. The, the one clip I have of you, and you were playing the tambourines, you were getting into it so much, and you beating on those tambourines, and it flipped up, hit Sparky right in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when I first probably went to see the band. I don't know if it was the very first gig or not, but I remember, you know, the first Greg really stood out to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the entertainment value was very high. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, and he did the Russian dance. Oh yeah, oh, yes. It. Yes, oh, that brought wow. the crowd to their feet. I mean, <laughs> seriously, that. That was the next level What's stuff. What's that song? Uh, Imagine being you. What was the, the, the name of that song? Uh, the Turtles. Okay, yeah, that's what would go into the Russian yeah. dance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and the Sugar Plum Fairy. Yeah, was yeah. Yeah. Mix yeah. yeah. That. You know, the other so, thing about Eye Control too, though, was the the idea that you brought other bands in to play or other musicians to play with Out of Control, and that that to me was awesome. That's why I, that's why I first saw Rick Hicks. I mean, you know, amazing, amazing guitar player Rick Hicks, and and just so many people that came in. I'm glad you said that. It's funny because when I was 17, I sat in with them oh, at, right? at parties in the park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you guys always had the parties in the park. Because I just said, "Hey, get this girl up to play." Yeah. <clears throat> well, it, and that was that was so cool. But then Good it was job, when G. I got us to join. We, my husband, and I, we went to the. Uh, Beardsley Theater up the second gallery level. You guys were playing. Oh, you were playing on the third floor at the mm -hmm. Control Anniversary Party night before Thanksgiving, and I sat in, and uh, and I hadn't seen you guys in a, a long time. And then I could I could see when I was up there playing. I could see Rob Schweifler peeking around the corner. Like, Who is that? Yeah. That's not Greg. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that was a that was a legendary. <laughs> yeah. That was a legendary party. Poor Greg. The, an on your way the anniversary, you party. anniversary party. They, they were like the must-go-to yeah. event in Muskegon. Yeah, but it was the yeah. week after that that Rob called me at work and asked me to join the band, right. and I, I, I was so excited. I, I couldn't even stand it. It was just wow. Oh, oh wow. talked about 
other musicians sitting in, especially on a night like that yeah. when you yeah, get to the yeah. reunion. Yeah. All the old members of the band and then the, yeah. the other Oh yeah, musicians. Great thing. you oh, took yeah. Tim Johnson's place. Yeah. Yeah, Tim, yeah. yeah, Tim yeah. was a good drummer too. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was yeah. one of my drum teachers. He went he, he did another band too that he was in that Still was doing good. like jazz yeah, he, and Grand yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, he's a good drummer too. Yeah. Well, before we continue, let's take a quick break. Talking tunes, Muskegon's one hundred point nine. When I was a little girl. We used to love to make a playhouse out of a big cardboard box. Uh, we, we make furniture out of it, uh, car doors, uh, office filing cabinets, uh, hamburgers. Uh. People are talking about cardboard. Yeah, I made an extra space in the little woman's closet upstairs there with uh, that cheap corrugated stuff to get at Kmart. Yeah, and I thought, what the heck, why not make a whole garage out of it? So I did. Cardboard, the backbone of America. I haven't put it in a tool shed. 